Blog Talk Radio. Texas horny toads are one of eight varieties of horned lizards that make their homes in the southwestern deserts of the United States. And these guys can do something really cool. When they're threatened, they can inflate their bodies and lodge themselves in the throats of snakes, thereby getting spit up and living to feel threatened another day. And something equally cool about these little guys is that they are related to dragons. Now, how do I know this? I know this because when I was nine years old, I was utterly obsessed with Texas horny toads. I wanted nothing more than to catch one of these guys, name it Frederick, and keep it in a specially prepared shoebox, otherwise known as a horny toad habitat, under my bed forever. Now, by that point in my life, I'd spent approximately 7,548 hours hunting the elusive Texas horny toad, or approximately the same number of hours, that's 7,548 hours, that most kids living in the United States or Western Europe would have spent by the age of 10 sitting in a classroom becoming educated. So why was I allowed to spend most of my childhood traipsing through the deserts looking for a lizard rather than getting an education. It's because me and my five younger siblings were being unschooled. So what do, I, what do I mean by unschooling? Education, as you guys probably know, is an incredibly hot topic right now. Everybody from activists to artists to academics, even business leaders and educators are exploring what it means to learn stuff. How do we go about doing it? Why do we do it? What makes it effective? To borrow a term from a university professor of mine back in undergrad, Education is one of those topics that makes up the zeitgeist in our breakfast cereal every single morning. We've heard of Montessori schools, art schools, wilderness schools, charter schools, crazy homeschoolers. But where does unschooling fit into that whole conversation? Now, I'm going to pull my definition from Wikipedia because Wikipedia is the source of all known knowledge in the universe, as far as I can tell. According to Wikipedia, unschooling is the creation of an environment where the people being educated decide what to learn and how to go about learning it. It's basically letting kids do what kids do best, letting them learn and giving them the resources to go about learning in every way that they can. This means that an unschooling education is an education that is absolutely personalized to every child that receives that education. Now, Ken Robinson, whose TED Talk, Schools Kill Creativity, may have been the most watched TED Talk of all time, once stated that the answer is not to standardize education. I need cheats. It's sad. But to personalize and customize those educations to each child, and that is the only solution, and it always has been. Now, unschooling allows us to customize education to each individual, because whether that is an individual, that individual is a child, a teenager, or an adult, their education is being driven by what they want to do and what they're interested in. I learned biology because I wanted to know more about the desert. I learned ecology because I was obsessed with horny toads. It wasn't a traditional education. Nobody ever sat me down and said, this is what an ecosystem looks like. And if you fail this test next week, you're bad. I simply learned it because I wanted to. And that's a very scary environment for parents and educators to put themselves in. And unschooling doesn't have to happen at home. There are a lot of schools popping up across the United States and even in places like Delhi and India and, and Europe and Spain that are called not schools or open schools, which are environments structured around a traditional educational setting, a school where people go in the morning and spend all day learning and then come home in the afternoon. Except instead of going into classrooms, they're basically buildings full of resources and educators 
so that students who show up at school can decide where they want to spend their day. What kind of resources do they need access to? Do they want to work as a group? Do they want to work alone? This provides people with the opportunity to give themselves their own educations. And it's not that unschooling isn't a lot of work for the educator, because the educator always has to be on their toes. They're working in tandem with the pupil to provide whatever it is that the pupil needs for whatever stage they're at. Pat Ferenga, who's an unschooling advocate and, uh, and an author who writes a lot about unschooling and open education, once stated that unschooling is the process of letting children learn in the world as much as their parents can bear. So basically, as much as you can stand somebody exploring the world around them and learning that way, let them do it. Now that we've kind of talked a little bit about what unschooling is, what happens to people who grow up in this unstructured environment when they grow up, when they become adults? Now, I like to think that it, turn, that, that it turns out pretty well because I've got a case study of me and my five younger siblings. I like us as a group. Um, despite the neighbors referring to us repeatedly as little hooligans, we've done okay. I'm a PhD candidate here at the University of Cambridge. I've got a brother who's a software design engineer, one who's a filmmaker, a sister who's a firefighter, another who's in college, and another who's an elementary school teacher. Our hobbies range from stand-up comedy to mountain climbing to marathon running to training horses. We do okay. But I get it. This is, this is a university, and I love statistics as much as, as the next person. Trust me. Now, this is kind of the first time we've been able to look at unschoolers from a statistical perspective. Today in the United States, Roughly 3% of people who are going through the education system in the U.S. are homeschooled. Of that, about 10% are unschooled. Now, back in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, when my parents were unschooling us, this was virtually unheard of. Open schools or not schools didn't exist. So people exploring education in an unstructured or unschooling way were doing it sort of hoping that the ideas that they had and the thought that they would put into those ideas would pan out. So my generation, people coming up on 30 in the next couple of years are the first generation we can look at to see what actually happens to a population that is unschooled. Now, Peter Gray, who's a research professor at Boston College, has done a study covering 75 people who were unschooled at least three years of their educational experience. And what he found was absolutely astounding. Of these people, 83% of them went on to pursue university education or higher. 80% of those who were unschooled for their entire education work in the creative fields. 40% of people work in STEM fields or teach STEM education, and over 50% of people who are unschooled started their own not-for-profit or their own business at some point in their adult lives. 100% of these people stated to Gray that they sought out creative and meaningful work over work that provided high financial remuneration. None of the people in his study ended up working in the banking or finance industry. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and most of them stated, that one of the things that they found incredibly important about their work life was being able to contribute and give back to the communities that they lived. These were people who were applying the same philosophy behind their education, one of exploration, to their adult lives. They wanted to make the world a better place and make it a place where they wanted to live. Now, I know I'm standing in a room full of people who are doing amazing things who probably all received very traditional educations. You went to good schools. You had good teachers. And in many cases, it was that education that helped you get where you are today. And I'm not saying that schools are bad or flawed. I'm just saying that schools are an old tool, traditional schools the way that we see them today, that we're trying to apply in a new world. And it was in 1788 in Prussia, and I know there's some Americans out here, so that's part of Germany um, today, that we first saw kind of what we would call modern, modern education like instituted as a mandatory part of life. 
And within a century, it had become so successful and so popular that across Europe and the United States, we had mandatory state-provided education for most students. Now, this was the heart of the Industrial Revolution. Everything in the world was changing. The way people lived, the way that they thought, the way that they worked, the way that they were creative, and the way that they interacted with other people. Everything was changing overnight as industry absolutely revolutionized not just the way that people mechanized things or the way that people manufactured things, but the way that they lived. The rail system had opened up the world for travel. Communication was changing at a drastic rate. And we needed an education system as a society that would prepare a generation of people to engage with the world in a whole new way, to grapple problems that people had never grappled with before, and to do it in an effective way and a quick way. And the modern education system provided just that. It turned an illiterate population into a literate population. It gave people skill sets to allow them to work in a world that was different than the world of their parents and their grandparents, and that would be different than the world that their children and their grandchildren lived in. But that was 200 years ago. And the skills provided by an education system designed in the 1780s isn't going to provide a generation living in the 2080s the skills and the tools that they need to survive and that they need to thrive. The education system that we have today teaches people how to maintain and how to function, but not necessarily how to change the world. We let people graduate and give them an opportunity to relearn how to learn and engage in life. When we, we can give them the skills that they need to do that by the time they're 14, 15, and 16 years old. We have in, in unschooling and open education examples of people whose educations from a very young age prepare them to think creatively. And since we're facing problems that nobody in the world has ever faced before, a huge population, mechanization and computers are changing the way that we deal with information. And climate change is not only changing the way that we function in our lives, but the way that the entire planet actually exists. And it might be time to start thinking about giving the next generations an education that prepares them to think in creative ways, to be unorthodox about the way they approach the world, to look outside of the box to produce solutions for problems that we have never faced before. Because it's just possible that the best educations that we can provide the next generation are not those educations that are given to us as we sit in rows in classrooms, but those educations that we seek out, explore, and find ourselves, even if that exploration means spending hours and hours and hours chasing horny toads through the desert. Welcome to Raising Independent Thinkers. This show is a space for families who are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling. We'll explore alternative teaching methods, federal and state homeschooling laws, and most importantly, this show is a platform where families can inspire one another on how to raise independent thinkers. I'm your host, Bathsheba Omani, Montessori educator, homeschooling consultant, owner of Homeschool Guide LLC, and mother of two. Let's get started. Hello, hope everyone is having a lovely Sunday. Today is September the 13th, 2020, and this is the Raising Independent Thinker Show. I'm your host, Beth Sheba. Hope your week is going well. My week has been really good. It's been a pretty productive week, I have to say. 
I am very excited about today's topic, which is all about the unschooling method. Many of you know that I'm I'm an avid advocate to the Montessori method. And on the surface, Montessori and unschooling share many similarities, but they also share differences as well. So the clip that I played in the beginning was a TED Talk called Learning Through Unschooling by Kaylee Venduelli. And she shares her experience in unschooling and reflects upon how this method and philosophy impacted her development. One thing she touches on that I found interesting was that she talks about the Prussian system, which is a system of education established in Prussia, which today we know is Germany. And I find it interesting that many of us were taught how the United States was formed, but few of us were taught how our educational system actually evolved, including myself. It's been about four years now since I've learned about the Prussian system and how the main purpose of this mandate was to create better laborers. Therefore, the most crucial elements were to be punctual, follow directions, have the ability to tolerate long work hours, and have the ability to read and write, everything that's needed to be a good worker. In the video about unschooling, Kaylee says, schools are an old tool that we are trying to apply in a new world. And I think she put it perfectly because here we are 200 years later and still using the same elements in our school system, even though we are in a whole new era. So instead of us encouraging innovative ideas and allowing our children to be creative, we're still more focused on the test scores, homework, following this rigid schedule, and simply producing a worker. So that brings me to our topic, unschooling. Unschooling is a philosophy of learning naturally from the world around us, and it encourages the learner to dive deep into their interest. The role of the parent is to facilitate and support the learner. Similarly, both unschooling and Montessori encourages a child's independent learning and sees that the child has an individual, sees the child as an individual who must learn at their own pace. So this week, I've been reading this book called The Unschooling Handbook, and the author is Mary Griffith, and she talks about how to use the whole world as your child's classroom, which I thought sounds amazing. She gives examples of two students, both who are learning geometry. One student is in a traditional school setting, and the other one is an unschooler. So the school student is enrolled in a local public high school, and geometry is one of the courses she signed up for uh, the previous year. The problems she's working on are assigned by the teacher, and though she enjoys geometry, she doesn't really have time to delve into it because she has to read a chapter in her world history textbook the next day, and she needs to work on an English paper that's due by the end of the week. Whereas our unschooler, who's also learning geometry, has never been to school. Early last spring, she helped her parents build some raised beds for their vegetable garden. She was intrigued when they measured the box to check that the corners were square. 
She asks lots of questions about angles and shapes while they work together. And over the next few weeks, she began to look seriously into learning more about geometry on her own. After doing research over a few weeks, she decided to deep to dig deeper into the topic and worked on geometry sometimes for several hours a day, sometimes for only a few minutes. So between, I really like these two examples. Um, and between the two, it seems that the unschooler had more flexibility in what she wanted to learn, which then gave her more time to learn geometry. And she was able to control how she wanted to learn, whereas a traditional student seemed like she didn't really have much time to focus on the subject. So this reminded me of my my traditional school experience and how I still can't remember most things that were taught. And I think the reason is most of the topics were not of interest to me. And also I felt I couldn't retain much of anything because there was very little time to fully master anything. It was always on to the next subject. So although... You know, I do find many of the ideas of unschooling interesting. Some questions did come up, and one of them is, can a child be a successful learner with little to no structure? And it made me think, how important is structure in my own life? Um, I'm also curious as to what you all think as well. And before I go on, I'm going to take a short break, and I will be right back.
Okay, I'm back. So before I continue, I wanted to mention that if you are needing assistance with withdrawing your child from the public school system, submitting your letter of intent for your homeschool, or figuring out which homeschooling method is best for your family, please schedule a consultation on my website, home-schoolguide.com. Again, home dash schoolguide.com. Also, um, Akeem and I will be hosting a live webinar on homeschooling in October. I'm very excited about that. And you can follow Homeschool Guide on Facebook or Instagram, and or you can um, follow Hindsight Radio on Facebook and um, find out more information on our webinar. And if you want to join in on the conversation today, please call in at 425-569-5169. Okay, so we're talking about unschooling and the questions that popped in my mind um, when doing my research, which are, can a child be a successful learner with little to no structure? What do you all think? My thought is that we all have a desire for order and structure, even at a young age. There is a desire for things to be put in their place. And I think about my own life and how just a little over a year, I'm now working full-time from home, and I'm still getting used to it. Um, my schedule is definitely more flexible, but I still have the need to follow a daily routine. And I still have deadlines that I give myself in order to get work done. So I think there is a need for structure and order. But I also do believe that we should teach our children and give them the opportunity to learn how to balance their time, um, learn time management, and have some say in the order of their day, because this is the only way they will learn. So I was listening um, to a TED Talk uh, of a mother and son who practice unschooling. They actually called it world schooling. And they traveled through Latin America for about seven years. And listening to their stories, it was very intriguing. However, there were some instances where I felt they both put themselves in danger because of their need of not having any structure in their day. They both even made comments about having the freedom of not taking showers and, and the dangers of traveling through the different cities um, in Latin America. So I think there, there has to be somewhat of a balance when it comes to um, structure and order. Okay, well, once again, I've enjoyed sharing this time with you hope I've inspired someone today, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Tune in to the next week's show, same day, same time, and be blessed.
Been traveling these wide roads for so long My heart's been far from you Ten thousand miles gone Oh, I want to come near and give Every part of me But there's blood on my hands And my lips are unclean In my darkness I remember Mama's words reoccur to me Surrender to the good Lord And to wipe your slate clean Take me to your river Many crimes come up for air As my sins flow down the Jordan Oh, I want to come here and give Every part of me But there's blood on my hands And my lips are unclean Take me to your river I want to go Take me to your river. Ah. 